Welcome to Inside the Economy with SHNJ, presented by Larry Howes of Sharkey, Howes, and Javer. Welcome to Inside the Economy from Sharkey, Howes, and Javer. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. Big issues these days economically are some of the problems we're having with the weather. Fortunately, uh, it wasn't as bad in Florida as some people predicted. It'll be less of a human tragedy there. But on the economic side, um, there are some parts of this whole weather problem that are more important than others. And frankly, Houston is one of them. Houston is uh, very important economically. It's a huge driver of the U.S. economy. Uh, There's not a lot going on there right now, except for some evaluation and a few rescues. But Houston is a $500 billion economy. There's a lot of major corporations headquartered there. They produce most of the plastic that's done in U.S. manufacturing and used everywhere. A third of oil refinery. And... uh, 26 million passengers a year through two airports. The point is, if it was an independent country, Houston would be about number 23, just smaller than Sweden, larger than Poland. They are going to have to clean up and get back in business. And I think that any of the press you might hear that there's going to be any long-term bad impact on the U.S. economy from these weather systems is probably overblown. I think there's going to be some short-term positive parts of GDP as the reconstruction gets underway. But long-term, people will recover. There'll be some federal assistance. There'll be some relocation of some homes and some people. They'll get back in business in a hurry. It's probably the most important thing going on right now, other than what's going on with the Federal Reserve. But I'll get to that in a second. You might have heard that Unemployment numbers went up. They did go up. Went up about 63,000 the last couple of weeks. That was almost exclusively due to the people short-term unemployed in Houston. We're about to get a hit on that in Florida here real soon. Uh, We've continued to have a rally in the bond market. I'll talk about that in just a minute. Other than that, the economic news in the U.S. is pretty good. The... uh, I've got a graph here on the importance of Houston as its contribution to the U.S. GDP. It's always been important. And I think that bears watching. It's also not going to do anything but add some positives. It's going to change how oil is stored, how oil is piped, location of some bridges, etc. I know I'm passing over what will very likely be a human tragedy for a lot of people and a mere inconvenience to others. Economically, we'll see what goes on in Texas. Now, on the consumer front, like I've talked about before, student loans and the growth in student loans has slowed. It's continuing to slow. And revolving debt, credit card debt, is in decline. That is typical of the U.S. consumer these days. They're not spending a lot of money, and I don't see that turning around. That doesn't drive inflation. If you look at the numbers of what is revolving and non-revolving, non-revolving are term loans, mortgage loans, boat loans, that sort of thing. Revolving is credit card. There's a little bit of difference here. 
That's very positive long-term for how the consumer is going to fit into the economy. The, uh, the issue came up last week about how we're justifying these high valuations in the stock market. And this is the closest thing I could find out of the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. This is basically a graph of corporate profitability. It is two years old, but the numbers are only up. The large part here is indicative of how well corporations are doing in the U.S. and how much money they make. That has supported the stock price the last couple of years and keeps these highly expensive valuations on the books and in the market. Well, uh, price earnings, corporate profits, earnings per share all help. There's also another side of the coin, and that's this little item. Last year, there's been about $600 billion worth of stock pulled from the market. The term they use is net issuance, and it's a negative number. That's mergers, acquisitions, pulling stock out of the market. That's also people like Procter & Gamble and Boeing and Microsoft, et cetera, et cetera, buying their own stock back. There's actually substantively fewer shares of stock available out in the markets does help drive prices a little bit. We'll see how that works out over time. This is the other side. Where we are right now inflation-wise, and I know I harp about this a lot, is we've meet, reached kind of parity with the Federal Reserve. Short-term rates are about one and a quarter. Our inflation is about 1.4. The PCE number, which is probably a better number than the CPI number, that's also at 1.4. This is going to slow the Federal Reserve down. If you're worried about your mortgage rates going up or your uh, expenses and interest side of things getting more expensive, don't worry about it. There's been very little impact. Long-term mortgages are back down in the threes. Long-term rates have rallied again, meaning the yields have come down. And it's very unlikely that the Federal Reserve is going to increase here in September. 50-50 chance there'll be anything even in December, maybe twice in 2018. So the market has already assumed there's not going to be a lot of dramatic rate increases. There's rapidly running out of reasons to do it. Also, Chairman Yellen may or may not be reappointed in January, and that will have an impact on what the Federal Reserve does. We've also reached an impact from... Uh, our growth standpoint, we have grown back into what's known as the potential GDP growth in the U.S. We have a $19 trillion economy, and it can only grow so fast. Right now, 2.2, which is what a lot of people are assuming, we're there. The Federal Reserve is going to do one of two things. They're going to either add too much to the interest side of things, or they're going to lower their expectations. Right now, they're assuming inflation, and hence, part of the long-term growth rate is going to stay at 2. I think there's a pretty good chance they're going to lower that, 1.7, 1.6. Take some expectation out of the marketplace, take some of the potential GDP growth out. I think that's fine. Besides, they have very few options. Finally, uh, it's not just the United States that has near low or near to zero inflation. There isn't any inflation outside of Venezuela. The ODIC countries, 
All of the major developed economies, everybody's down two and a half, three percent. And some of that requires skewed numbers like higher inflation in Italy, Greece, Turkey, India. We have very little reason for the interest rates to continue to go up. So I think what we have here in the foreseeable future will be some slowing. Don't worry about your mortgages. And uh, there's no reason for the stock market to correct. So that's it for now. Thanks for joining me. Learn more about Sharky House and Javer at shwj.com. Thank you for listening 